This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, that place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris. Uh, We're still missing Josh. I think he's working. I don't know. Joshua, where are you? You know, he he preached last Sunday, and then after that, it seems like he's kind of gone MIA. Uh, We might need to send out a search party. I don't know. Uh, but we are a podcast production that seeks to approach church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. And that is much needed today because if you look, man, if you look out in the culture, uh, everything seems like it's a little bit chaotic. Uh, if you look inside the church, it looks like the church is partnering with the culture and getting a little more chaotic, uh, and trying to justify the actions of the culture. Um, at least within some certain networks um, and things like that. However, there is uh, a few that are standing strong, standing firm. They are uh, the beacon of light that we should be, we should be looking to as the example. Um, of course, I'm, I'm speaking first and foremost of Dr. John MacArthur, Grace Community yes, Church. And, but, but I don't You sounded like you were doing a commercial for the Marines, the few. <laughs> The proud, the Marines, the faithful, (laughs) but the faithful, the actual church. Yeah. But I don't want to diminish the others that uh, may not be as, as uh, out there in the news as Grace Community Church. There are several, several uh, who are in the state of California that are under the mandate of not to meet and they are meeting anyway. Good for Uh, them. There are also churches like uh, Apologia Church, Jeff Durbin, the elders there. They have continued to meet regardless That's of right. the pandemic. They have not closed down at all. Um, so we want to encourage them, stand with them, support them, uh, uh, hold them up should that be the case. Um, but we are on Patreon. If you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology and become a subscriber. Uh, eventually, we are going to be getting t-shirts um, or we're going to be putting something up where you can go buy t-shirts. Uh, yeah. So we're going to have our matter of theology logo. 
and maybe possibly if you remember the OG logo, uh, we may have a limited time where, where those are available. Vintage matter of theology. Vintage. All of a year ago. All of a year ago. (laughs) That's right. Before we matured. (laughs) Well, before that's, that's a, that's a process, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for you. I think we've matured a little bit. I think so. I think so. I've gone back and listened to some of our earlier episodes and Yeah. I mean, I think I think the addition of Josh helped us mature. So when we're here, we do sound a little more mature. Uh whereas well, that before, experience just doing it for a year. Yeah, you know, I think before we wanted to get on the microphones and we just kind of started swinging at everything. Yeah. Um but we we have eased up a little bit. We have sort of sort of kind of um unless you have listened to my conversation chronicles that's uh <laughs> i do take some shots in there uh not just Wait. shots man man i give some hooks some uppercuts and some drop kicks well if you guys think that season one of the Chron- conversation chronicles uh oh. had some pot shots and it's season one's not even done yet i uh, know we're not even done with season we've, one we've how many got, more we got we've got two more episodes two more and then season two y'all you're not ready you're not ready We've we, man, we've already we've already discussed two or three episodes, uh, <laughs> and uh, we we're not ready either. We're we'll not ready. Way. We're not ready either. That's so true. Uh, we are members of the Christian Podcast community. Uh, if you would like more Christian podcasts, uh, head on over to strivingforeternity.org. You can check out their podcast section. There is a whole lot of podcasts you can go check out. You can check out uh, the Rap Report. Uh, Andrew Rappaport, Justin Peters, the Didache, um, Theology Gals, uh, Revived Thought. That's a pretty cool little podcast, man. Uh, they take old sermons, old sermons, and they give a little biography about the preacher, and then they read those old sermons. Um, really? Yeah, it's really neat. I have not had time to Dude. dig into the podcast scene, listening it's, as much as I want to. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'll check it um, out, man. <clears throat> yeah. We are also a part of Cruciform Ministries. That's right. Uh, we used to be Faithful Life Ministries. We did. Uh, we did away with that. Bye-bye. That's no more. Uh, it was a good run. It's good. It's a good run while it lasted. The core is still there. The core is still there. The core is still there. And the core meaning... Uh, Chris and myself. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Uh, but we just said, you know what? We were asked to partner with uh, with Cruciform Ministries, do stuff with them and Brandon Scalf, and we were like, you know what? Let's go do it. Um, so we were doing, you know, we're doing some conferences with them. We started the Cruciform Bible Institute, of which I am the director, and classes start on Monday. Uh, and you miss, man, y'all, you guys missed the registration. If you miss, you know, it's close. Yeah, um, yeah, it's you have close. to wait for the next go round. And the next go around, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pay application fee. Uh, but it's going to be cheap. It's going to be mad cheap. Yeah. It's crazy cheap. Like yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking that uh, you could go out to a nice dinner and spend more than you would for the application fee. Uh, just saying. Uh, <laughs> so. Just so if you would like to learn about some of the conferences and even maybe even visit what uh, the Chris, uh, Cruciform Bible Institute has to offer, head on over to cruciformministries.org 
for more information. Uh, by the way, uh, for Matter of Theology, you don't have to just become a Patreon if you want to donate to us. You can just give us money. Um, yeah. Yeah. The old-fashioned way. Yeah, we will accept your money. We will. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in a position to turn away free money. You know, I'm just saying. No. So, uh, but on today's, today's episode, we were supposed to have a special guest, uh, but um, he's busy. And, y- you know, man, I was just, just thinking about this the other day, how busy he is. Oh my uh, gosh. He's a, he's a pastor, but he yeah. also does a podcast too. And um, they, they are super busy because they're in high demand right now. They are extremely high demand right now. They are. But um, hopefully, hopefully within the next week or two, we can get him on to talk about um, discipleship in the church. We want to get back to our our look at ecclesiology, the study of the church, and we want to talk about discipleship. Very Um, important. It is because it's one thing that's super lacking in the church, uh, both from a a one-on-one personal standpoint with elders and congreg in the congregation, but also discipleship from the pulpit is very lacking today as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that actually, it, I think this will be a good segue into what we are talking about on this episode, but um, uh, you know, Hebrews three um, starting in verse 12 says, take care brethren that there not be any one of you an evil. I'm sorry, excuse me. Let me back up. Take care brethren that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. That's right. Now, this, this is good about discipleship and why discipleship is necessary. So maybe this can be kind of a precursor for talking about discipleship in the church when we have our guest on. But discipleship in the church will really help those to not fall away because it forces us to be face-to-face with one another. It forces us to dig into the scriptures with one another. It forces us to be accountable to one another. It forces us to help encourage one another to grow, not just in our knowledge, but in holiness. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I mean, backing up even further, true discipleship um, happening in the church, when it happens from the pulpit first, Mm -hmm. uh, as as goes the pulpit, so goes the church, right? As uh, Dr. Josh Bice and Dr. Tom Buck have said, and uh, uh, today, I mean, there have been many preachers and pastors throughout history who have said that. But if true discipleship is happening from the church, then what's happening is the whole counsel of God is being preached. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, when the gospel is proclaimed, when that initial call happens through that, that's the tool and the avenue that the Holy Spirit uses for the effectual call, mm-hmm. which truly draws the elect and, 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 and replaces their heart of stone with a heart of flesh. So that those, uh, those that are in the church um, truly are of the elect um, and truly are part of the invisible church. And so the less likely that it is that you would see a, a great number of those who would fall prey to apostasy, those, those who were never really of the elect, as, as 1 John would say. Yeah. Now, this is, 
speaks to the importance of why you should go to a Bible-believing church, to a Bible-preaching church, uh, so that you can be under the authority of Scripture being proclaimed from the pulpit. Because once you're under the authority of Scripture and you have a pastor that is uh, in the Word, that's teaching the Word, that's proclaiming the Word, that's praying the Word, uh, you're singing the word and you're singing yeah. the word, right? That is, that, that's ministry to us, to our soul. That's going to help us. Uh, it's going to encourage us. It's going to convict us and it's going to move us to be in the word, to be in prayer, to actually grow in holiness. It's going to move us to put to death sin. And it's actually, as we start moving in those areas, it's going to make us more sensitive to sin and more aware of the sin that's in our life. Well, absolutely, because th that's that's where it starts, um, and and you see that Paul uh, kind of starts laying that out for us um, in Colossians, um, and you know we see and specifically in chapter three when he he's he's reminding us to set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are of earth, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And so he says, consider your mem the members of your earthly body as, as dead to all of these things, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it's because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked uh, when you were living in them. And then he tells us to we'll put it all aside, right? Don't lie to one another. And then, uh, and then check this out. He says, you know, verse 12 through 17 is what I want to read, specifically talking about uh, true discipleship in the church, um, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-praying, Bible-singing church. Uh, verse 12, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy, right, set apart, and beloved, Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. I love that verse. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And the last thing I'll say, I'll turn it back over to you. Because when, when this happens, when you set your mind on the things above, and in the, you're part of a church that preaches the Bible, that sings the Bible, that prays the Bible, that lives the Bible, that loves the Bible, that, that the pastor and the elders seek to rightly divide the word of truth, all of it, verse by verse, word by word, you have sound doctrine, which leads to sound living. Right teaching, as Dr. Stephen J. Lawson says, leads to right living. Stinking thinking leads to stinking living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So now uh, I understand what you're saying, but there's there are those out there, right, that they understand the same thing that you're saying. Right. 
but their thinking goes to i have i know the times in my life when i have fallen away mm. i know when i heard true true preaching the true gospel mm-hmm. i understood it i believed it to be true mm-hmm. but then i still fell away and mm-hmm. i i didn't just fall away but but i fell away willingly i left i turned and i left mm. right so now let's go to uh hebrews uh 6 and and let let's we're, we're going to start in verse 4 but then we're going to back up to verse 1 so we're going to start in verse 4 um because this this addresses kind of you know the the example that i'm giving right here for in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think that's key. Hold on to that. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're listening to this and you've got your Bible uh, open, put your finger there, underline that, uh, partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance Mm. since they again crucify to themselves the son of god and put him to open shame now let's before before we talk about anything let's remember the context of, of hebrews yes the letter of the hebrews was written to jewish believers during a time of persecution right they were being persecuted by Jews, not, not just by, by, by Romans, but by Jews, because what's happening, the purpose of this letter is because they were turning away from Christianity to go back to the old ways so that they would not be persecuted again. So this, this letter, this, uh, and really it's a, it's, it's a homiletical letter, but it's, it's a sermon. Right. That's, that's written to the Hebrews uh, as an encouragement to stay the course. And what you right. get is you get uh, basically the history of the Old Testament, those in faith who God called in faith and encouraged them to, to press on to where we get Christ. Right. Um, and so now, and since Christ has come, he is all. He's, he's, he's the greater prophet. He's the greater priest. He's the greater judge. Uh, he's the greater than. So mm-hmm. since we are in Christ and he is the greater than, there is nothing left to go back to. That's uh, right. That is done away with. It is all fulfilled in Christ. So now when we talk about and ask the question, am I an apostate because I fell away? Because I went to sin. My first question would be, were you changed by the Spirit? Or did you just have a head knowledge of what was being said? Did you have a, just a general understanding of the gospel? Or were you actually changed by the gospel? Now, were you a partaker in the Holy Spirit? Or were you not a partaker in the Holy Spirit? 
Did the Holy Spirit change you? Did he not change you? I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Just say it, man. Well, I think about guys like Joshua Harris, guys like Marty Sampson, and we've talked about them on past episodes. These are men who actually saw fruits of the Holy Spirit. They saw people's lives being changed by God. They saw people coming to salvation, right? These were men that professed to be believers and saw the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives through their ministry. Yet, it meant nothing to them because they were able to walk away without care. And I would say that's a huge uh, difference from someone who is has struggled with sin, which we all will, uh, and in, in a true apostate, because the true apostate can walk away and not even care. But it's the one whom the Spirit is calling, the one whom the Spirit has placed the burden on to, uh, of repentance that is not the apostate. Otherwise, you wouldn't care. No one would be asking that question because they wouldn't care. And I think another good example you can look at is Judas. Mm -hmm. Judas right. walked with Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, Judas saw uh, physically in person what Jesus Christ did, the miracles performed, the sermons preached, the, uh, you know, and, and of course, Scripture tells us that if everything were written down uh, about the life of Jesus, that the, the thousands of books could not contain it. Uh, and that's very, very true. I mean, think about what Judas experienced. Think about even maybe what Judas accomplished as a part of Jesus's inner circle. However, his role, his destiny, uh, his elected role uh, by God from the foundation of the world mm -hmm. uh, was that he was a false apostle. Mm -hmm. He was the very definition of what it means to be apostate. Um, and, and, and that's what you saw from Judas. Um, you know, brother, and I'm glad you kind of, you kind of, paused there and went to ask that question because you look at verse seven out of Hebrews six, you know, for the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful for those whose sake it is also tilled receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it's worthless mm -hmm. and, and close to being cursed and it ends up being burned. Mm -hmm. And so you look and, at the fact now, now let's tie that back to Jesus and yep, the fig tree. That's exactly what okay. I was about to do. Go for it. Right. So, so Jesus is, is walking by the fig tree. It has no figs on it, right? It's in full right. bloom, but there's no figs on it. Is that tree of any use? No, because it's not bearing any fruit. The only thing that tree is good for now is to be cut down and burned. It looks good. It looks right. like it's yielding fruit until you get up to it and it's got nothing on it. Well, yeah, and and for someone who would say, "Hey, I've uh, um, I've messed up, I've backslid, I have sinned, uh, I have I have uh, I have I've angered God, I've grieved His heart, I've sinned against Him, I've sinned against others, I've sinned," you know, uh, and the, the, there are two responses that will show what kind of heart you truly have. Mm -hmm. The one response 
the first response will be what we're seeing from people like Josh Harris, Marty Sampson, um, uh, you know, and, and others, uh, the, the lead singer of Hawk Nelson recently, right, right. Um, you know, is, is I never believed in God. Um, you know, I'm searching for answers when answers are given that are biblical, that are right. They reject those answers. They, 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 they disable comments. They, yeah. they, they ignore, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. <laughs> Wait, I thought you wanted answers. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. No, um, I, I, I do, but not those answers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, yeah. make too much sense. <laughs> right. Right. No, no. Th those actually support what I'm trying to reject. Stop. Right. What's wrong with you? So you've got that response, which shows um, a stony heart, right? Or you've got the heart of flesh that says, "I, I'm, I'm, I'm broken over this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I chose it. Yes, I, I willingly chose to sin. Um, but I screwed up, mm -hmm. and and now I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm grieved. Not the fact that I got caught." not at the consequences. And we've talked about the mortification of sin and how to deal with sin afterwards on, on multiple episodes, but, but true repentance and remorse over the fact that I have, I have, what I have just done is what sent Christ to the cross. Mm -hmm. What I have just done has broken the heart of my savior and my Lord. What I have just done is angered him and inflamed his nostrils in anger because of that. However, thankfully, he looks on me and sees the shed blood of Christ and the propitiatory work of Jesus. Um, and, and what I have done has affected X, Y, and Z persons afterwards. Mm -hmm. So then the goal and the response is, I know I've screwed up. Oh, crap. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. I can't believe I've done this. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, and then you seek repentance first from the Lord and then from those around you who, who your sin has affected. Mm -hmm. So, so that shows a true, uh, that, that shows fruit. That's a fruit of the spirit. Right. Um, you know, so, so yeah. So, so, so we can look at this a, a couple ways, right? We, um, before, right. And there's many of us who have stories where we say, you know, I was, I was saved. I said the sinner's prayer. I understood that I got baptized, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Um, well, you know, we could say growing up in a typical Southern church, right? Right, right. Um, but the conviction of sin is not there. Uh, when I sin, I don't necessarily feel bad. I only feel bad when I get caught. I don't feel bad right. because I've grieved God right. uh, and I've sinned against him. Right. Uh, so, so my knowledge of right and wrong, I have been brought to a knowledge of right and wrong, but I only know that because I go to church, because it's told to me what's right and what's wrong and what's expected and what's not expected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that when I do what's not expected, I just know that it's wrong because I was mm. told that it was wrong and I'm not guilt. I don't feel the guilt and the shame over it being actual sin. Yet when the spirit changes my heart, when the spirit draws me to himself, I will feel that conviction, right? I will not be able to let sin go unchecked. Uh, it will be that, Th that burden weighing down, right? It will be Pilgrim in uh, John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Progress. That's th that's wearing the hundred pound pack, right, of burden because of sin against God. And you, 
it will bring you to the point where you can do nothing but lay that pack down, that burden down at the cross. Uh, so do you feel that grievance over the sin? Mm. If, if you did not before, then it's a good chance you possibly just had a head knowledge of the things that were being said to you, and you weren't changed by the gospel. Now, if you feel that conviction, there's a good chance that you have heard the gospel proclaimed, and the Spirit is drawing you to himself. He's convicting you of that sin to where you need to deal with that sin, and you need to, to get right with God. Well, sure, sure. I mean, there's so much there, man. I mean, we, we mm -hmm. could spend days and weeks just talking about this alone. And uh, I mean, it, yes, how do you respond once you sin? Um, but, but I would say, too, a part of that fruit is how do you respond when tempted? How do you respond right. when, as James right. says, that, you're, that, that, that we sin because our sin, uh, God doesn't tempt us. We should never say that, James, James reminds us, mm -hmm. um, that our sin is a product of our own lust. I mean, that, that, that's right. something, again, you said Southern right. Church, and it made me think about uh, every single time something goes wrong, every single time someone gets sick, every single time someone sins, oh, Satan did this. We got we to gotta bind him right now. And it's like, well, you're welcome for that accent, by the way. Uh, my wife would be like, stop, don't ever do that again. Um, but, but, but we automatically give credit where credit is not due. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and assume that every sickness, I was a part of a church, man, every time somebody got sick on staff or, um, uh, you know, in leadership or, uh, serving or oh, but Satan, man, Satan, we gotta, we gotta pray against them. I'm like, well, you do realize that scripture says that sickness is a product of the fall right? This is a consequence of sin. It doesn't necessarily mean this is Satan's attempt to try to bind us and keep us uh, from the bride of Christ. He does do that, um, but we need to be careful when it comes to our sin and not just automatically think that it's Satan tempting us at, at, at every waking moment. Mm -hmm. When James clearly states that sin is a product of our own lust. Mm -hmm. So a fruit of the Spirit for those who have received a heart of flesh who have new life in Christ, your desire is going to be for the word. Your desire is going to be for the glory of God. Are you going to wrestle with sin? Yes. Right? Romans 7, Paul clearly, clearly breaks that, breaks that out as far as um, the, the, the battle that, that takes place within us uh, there in Romans 7. Um, but is our desire that? Do we habitually go back to sin, uh, sin that grieves the heart of God, sin, sin against our own body, uh, sinning of, of our thought life? You know, are we seeking to consume as much as we can about the Lord to be discipled by Him through the power of the Holy Spirit by the application of His Word? Mm -hmm. um, and that is personally, but that's also, we've talked, we've already said it in this episode, you need to be a part of a Bible-believing, Bible-pre-expositionally faithful, uh, expositionally preaching church, because that's where that starts. That's mm -hmm. the main primary means of grace that the Lord uses for the, the, the place of sanctification for the believer is the church, mm -hmm. is the pulpit, is the bride. Um, so, but what's your desire, Right. Does are you setting your mind and your desire on the things above, as Paul said in Colossians three, or 
or are you setting your desire on the works of the flesh? Mm-hmm. Like, w- what's your focus? Yeah, I mean, so uh, in the works of John Owen, um, if you had to get uh, a work right now, well, there's, I mean, there's many volumes I could tell you, you know, just get this one volume. <laughs> right, right. But it's, you really need all of them. But uh, in volume six, volume six is the one that has the mortification of sin on oh, temptation, so indwelling good. sin in a believer. Um, but I believe it's his his writing on temptation in volume six, where he talks about that temptation is something that is already in us because of the fall and the lust and the flesh, uh, you know, those desires are already present in us, even in the believer, they're already there. So when temptation comes, all temptation does is it entices and inflames those desires. And what you must do is put those to death. But being in Christ, having the Spirit in you, uh, being constant in prayer, being constant in uh, the Word of God, having accountability partners, people that you talk to on a regular basis, uh, having a pastor that disciples you, uh, that's important. Oh, how long for that? (laughs) Those things will help you to become sensitive and aware to when that temptation arises. That's right. That's right. Are, are you aware of it? And then once you're aware of it, what you, you have to go to war. Right. Thomas Watson, my favorite, he, he is officially my favorite Puritan, said this, quote, he who is not resolved to be an enemy of sin is conquered by it. Mm-hmm. You conquer it or it will conquer you. Dr. Stephen Lawson says this, quote, do not allow yourself to rationalize your sin. Do not make excuses for your sin. And then my last quote here is is J.C. Ryle. Oh, J.C. Ryle. Praying and sinning will never live together in the same heart. Prayer will consume sin or sin will choke out prayer. Period. Close quote. That's right. Go to war mortify the deeds of the flesh that once that you recognize that temptation as drew just said uh talking about john owen kill it mm-hmm. kill it is that is that your desire will you fail yes will you fall yes will you struggle yes but if you make it you make it a a a, a directed i mean beeline navy seal like surgical strike that involves as everything and mortify the sin in your life um yes yes and i think one one of the most neglected means of grace in dealing with this is prayer yeah uh and i mean even so much so that this this means of grace is so neglected that there are even uh pastors and preachers that will speak on prayer that will tell whoever they're speaking to that they need to improve their prayer life. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't want to sit under a pastor or a preacher that is not a praying pastor or preacher, Uh, not one that is constantly in prayer. Um, But uh, 
I said we were going to start in verse four in chapter yeah. six. Now let's let's move <laughs> let's move back and, and you know and I told you to to keep your finger and underline partakers of the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, and we we touched on that a little bit. But and you mentioned Judas, I mentioned Joshua Harris, Marty Sampson, those who have have entered ministry, done the work alongside the Holy Spirit to see the fruit come from other people. Um, even well, though, and the, and the reason, that, by the way, and just, just a little, little context here for uh, that that partakers of uh, of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we see a reference to that uh, in Hebrews chapter four, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter two, um, when um, uh, hang on, I lost my place in my scriptures here. Uh, when, when Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews 2, 4 says, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Um, you know, we, we know that the, the, the supernatural powers, right, demonstrated by Christ and the apostles uh, were to establish that, that authority that they have because we didn't have the scriptures. Um, but partakers of the Holy Spirit here is referring to those fruits of the spirit that we've been talking about, yeah. the fruits that you see, um, you know, and, and, and that of course starts with our regeneration and salvation. Uh, but then that, that also, that ends up moving into um, the conviction of sin and, and our, our ultimate sanctification. Right. Sorry, so, the, so, well, well, there's a, there's a couple of ways um, that you can apply partakers and it, one is uh, sharing in uh uh, or working with um, another is experiencing uh, to and and there's a, a comment here um, through Logos. I don't know who actually wrote this, but uh, it makes the note that experiencing the Holy Spirit does not lead to saving faith. That's right. Does not lead to saving faith. Um. So anyways, let's move back up to, to verse one, <laughs> chapter six of Hebrews, verse one, because this is going to, uh, what we talk about here in verse one is actually going to be, uh, it should be what propels you to be aware of verses four and following. Sure. So verse one, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washing and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and the internal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. That was ending verse three. So now let's go back to, to verse one. I'll read that again. Verse one. Therefore, and so now, therefore, brings forward everything that was just previously said by the writer of Hebrews. Well, what was just previously said? Chapter 5, which, was, it, which is teaching of the perfect high priest, that is Christ Jesus. Yeah, and the end of 5 just echoes more of what the first part of 6 says. You know, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Mm -hmm. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. 
and you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil therefore therefore everything we just talked about it's true it's true we, we what, what have we talked about right we've talked about um being a part of a church that rightly divides the oracles of god that's what the writer of hebrews is referring to the word um the elementary principles of the of, of, of the oracles of God. Um, and, and for everyone who partakes of only milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, mm -hmm. right? Seek the scriptures, yearn for the scriptures, devour them. Why? The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring, reviving the soul. It keeps your servant from presumptuous sins uh, and sins of, of, I'm going to paraphrase here, of, of omission and, and commission. Um, so don't be an infant. So that you can discern, and that is something that is so lacking right now in the evangelical church is true biblical discernment. So therefore, because of that, let's talk about what it looks like if you stay there. If you stay as a as a babe in Christ, uh, well, you know, well, I, I, well what, just, what I was what I was getting at is is let's talk about what happens if you because you stayed there and then and then the writer of Hebrews gets into chapter six. Sure, sure. I mean, staying a babe in Christ, uh, one it makes you constantly dependent upon someone else to feed you. Uh, and I think about uh, my son. Right, he's about to be uh, he's about to be seven months old. And he needs someone to make his food for him, to feed mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. um, he can't talk. We have, to, we have to guess whether he's hungry, tired, or needs to be changed. Right? So we have a one in three shot of getting it right. But nevertheless, we have to, because he is a baby, we have to do everything for him. We have to feed him. We have to clothe him. We have to carry him everywhere. So being a babe in Christ means I am constantly reliant upon someone else to teach me, to guide me, to lead me, rather than being able to open up the word of God and read it and be able to discern what is holy, what is unholy, what is good, what is evil. Yep. I am a mature 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 however you want to say it christian should not continually be reliant upon someone else to always feed them they know that they need to be studying scripture they don't need someone telling them to be doing it they know they should be in prayer they don't need someone else to constantly be telling them to do it they know if you are a man, they know because they have read and studied scripture how they are to treat their wife, how they mm -hmm. are to raise their kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what we see, especially in this culture, is we see a lot of people that don't know this, but they are reliant upon someone else to teach it to them, yet the one that they are reliant upon doesn't even know this. Well, and, and I was, often. brother, I was just about to say, so 
if if a pastor pastor in air quotes has a huge crowd notice i didn't say congregation a huge crowd of either false converts unbelievers or immature believers and all the mature believers leave constantly right to me that says more about the pastor and the leadership of that church than it does about those, those specific individuals just 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 putting that out there um so 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 here, here's one thing that the, the fact that you said that it makes me think of of something a conversation i've had um over and over and over again the fact that a congregation uh is is not as advanced in in spiritual or scriptural things right the, they're not growing in their knowledge of theology and that should be done from the pulpit uh, the preacher should be well versed in scripture and in theology to be able to teach and equip teach and equip his congregation that's right so i've heard uh, the saying that well they're just a bunch of lay people right in the congregation well as long as your vocation is not ministry everyone is a lay person uh, yep. but what they're saying is this person is not advanced this person is not as uh studied as as the pastor well the problem with that is if you continue to keep treating them that way then they're always going to be that way your congregation should continually be growing in knowledge of God. They should continually be growing in the knowledge of Scripture. And they should also continually be growing in the application of Scripture to their life. Absolutely. Well, Acts 2, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you keep throwing out milk, thinking that they're going to be able to eat steak. Well, that one time they get thrown steak, uh, it's going to hurt their tummies. Well, they can't chew it. They can't chew it. I mean, it would be like, it would be like, like Lawson trying to eat steak. It just, it, yeah. it, it's not, it's not going to happen. And well, and, and ultimately well, he's going to choke. Too. <laughs> right. Yeah. It will. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and ultimately, you know, we're talking about uh, just kind of trying to bring it back around a little bit. Um, uh, and that's my fault. Um, but bringing it back around to, you know, this specific passage of scripture um, that we started with there in Hebrews six, um, talking about those who um, who have tasted, been partakers of the spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. And then verse six and have then fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify themselves to the Son of God and put him to open shame. So in talking about this, what um, and, and what's interesting is that that phrase, and let me get back to it, that phrase falling away um, in, in the Greek, um, and I'm falling away, what that specifically is referring to, like that's that is only found in this section of this verse. Parapipto. That's right. Um, and it is uh, the, 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 the context of this 
it's talking about severe, I mean, severe apostasy. This is a strong stance. Yes, this is a, God. right, right, right. When Paul says like, you know, may it never be, may mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, th- th- this is this is a strong rejection uh, and unfaithfulness mm-hmm. um, of the truth. Yeah. After, you know, and, and, and you, you can no longer at that point, once you've reached that point, once that has been solidified um, in your heart, that is the, and this is the hardest thing for people to understand, but should that be the will of the Lord? And he has chosen, chosen that person. I'm not going to say you, but chosen that person to be a vessel of destruction. Mm-hmm. One who suppresses the truth as Romans one says Yeah, that they have reached that point that it's, it, it is impossible for them because uh, God has made it impossible for them. Right now to let's connect repentance. You mentioned Romans one, let's connect that with Romans one where uh, God turns them over. And we see in Romans 1, right. that, yeah. that happens three yep. times. God turns them over. And there's this progression. There's yep. this, uh, not only are they headed towards uh, sin, they're headed on that downward slope, but that mm-hmm. turning over is God giving them a push in that direction. In the direction and, they want to go. In the yep. direction they want to yep. go, that, they, that their nature takes them. So when God gives you that push, the only way to ever come back from that is if God pulls you back. Uh, well, and think about think about why they they rejected. I mean, this passage right here, mm-hmm. in, in verses five and six, and and they've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then fallen away. Mm-hmm. They have consciously rejected after having full mm-hmm. head knowledge and an eyes wide open experience to it they rejected yeah. it yeah. absolutely yeah. rejected it and, yeah. and they now have that's where that, that that's where here and romans one diverge because right. because Correct. in romans one it that's the the natural state of man Right. The only way to come out of that is when God pulls you out here right. these are people that have seen God work. Yes. They've either and, seen God yep. work or they have been partakers with God in watching this work uh, take place. Yeah. They, they can, they, there's no amount of head knowledge that mm-hmm. they can gather. No more head knowledge. Right. Than no more. Gather. You can't. Right. You cannot have any more knowledge than what you have right there in that moment, and then you still reject Christ. You're still taking a hard stance yes. against Christ. Right now, it's That's, not only yeah. taking a hard stance uh, uh, against them; it's actually in opposition to embrace sinful behavior. Correct, correct. So, so a, a lot of people will misinterpret this passage as to saying, "Well, see, see, you can lose your salvation, you can experience all the knowledge of Christ, and still lose your salvation." And the answer to that is absolutely not. That's speaking of mature. That's a very immature hermeneutic. That's a very immature uh, interpretation. That is not what this script, this passage means. And and remember, remember, as Thomas Watson says, right? Scripture interprets Scripture as a diamond can only cut a diamond. Okay, the Bible is full of reminders that we. Uh, who are of the elect cannot lose their salvation. This passage is not saying that if you sin, 
if you as a believer sin, fall hard, I mean, fall hard, um, that you can lose your salvation. That's not what it means because elsewhere in scripture, multiple places like John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal, I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Well, even okay. back up to chapter six, yep. um, where it talks about the father gives them to me. Correct. And all, all who come to me, I will not cast out and, and he won't even cast them out, but, um, he won't lose any of That's his people. Right. And before that, go all the way back to uh, Matthew. His name is what? Jesus. Why? Because he will save right. his people. That's right. Romans 8, starting in verse 35, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Uh, and then, and then he, he, he says in, in verse, uh, verse 36, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered sheep to be slaughtered. Um, uh, verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. And just in case that didn't cover it all, Paul says, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, Philippians 1.6 says that, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Thessalonians, he who called you is faithful. He will surely do it. And one more passage, we could really keep going uh, with a lot of these. It's in First Peter. Now, this is the one I'll stop with for a second. First uh, Peter chapter one, uh, he says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of the dynamite power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Believer in Jesus Christ, hear my words. If you are in Christ, he is in you. You cannot lose your salvation. It doesn't mean that you have license to go sin. You don't assume upon grace. If you do that, that would mean that you may not possess salvation, but you cannot lose your salvation believer be encouraged in the fact that salvation is a monergistic work and guess what it's not dependent on how tight you hold on to him but the fact that the god of heaven and earth holds on to you and says you are my workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them Boom. That will preach. Start right? preaching. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I've, you know, um, when we start talking about the idea of being apostate, or we ask the question and, and personalize it, and we say, am I apostate? Right. 
the, I think the first place that we need to run to are those verses on the assurance of salvation, mm -hmm. on the power of Christ. Not that Christ uh, possibly saves, but that oh. Christ definitely saves, and he definitely saves his people. And, you know, and I want to encourage you that if you are wrestling with the question, am I an apostate? Mm. A true apostate wouldn't even care. Nope. A true apostate wouldn't even be asking the question. No. The true apostate would continue to reject Christ and run headlong into his sin without a second thought. That's right. So That's right. if you are wrestling with that, uh, I, I would I would encourage you that that's a, pr a pretty good sign that God is working on you, that he's working to draw you uh, more to his word. He's working to draw you more to himself, more to the application of scripture in your life to grow in sanctification, in holiness, into being made more like Christ. Um, and, and I would also encourage you to get in a Bible preaching church. Yeah. Get in with a pastor uh, or a group of elders that can disciple you mm. because that is what is needed. I think if we had more elders that were willing to disciple their congregation and not just not just the people that they thought could be possible leaders or elders in their church, but they actually discipled one-on-one -on -one or, or as families, their congregations, we would have less people who are worried about being apostate. Amen, brother. Amen. I, I yeah, elders should not uh, leave the discipleship, um, the discipleship of those under their shepherding care uh, to unqualified small group leaders. Mm -hmm. That should be something you should be personally involved in each individual elder. Um, personally involved in that absolutely now i, I would I, I would say if if you're a part of a small group and your small group leader is an elder in your church then i would say that that is a safe bet uh run run to them uh be discipled by them uh i would even ask them uh to come into your home to disciple your family if you don't know how to disciple your family um, but if your small group leader uh, is not an elder in your church, uh, if, he's, if he doesn't even meet the qualifications of an elder, uh, he probably doesn't need to be a small group leader. Uh, so I would ask questions about that. Uh, but then I would seek out your church uh, elders, and I would uh, plead with them to come disciple you in your family. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm done, man. I'm spent. Yeah. I started preaching. <laughs> man, you preach for like two minutes and now you're done. Like what in the world? Oh man. No, no. I, I man, look, I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's discipleship is so important. And, um, and, and uh, I mean, I've, I'm not an elder. I've said that multiple times. I'm not a pastor, but uh, I tell you what, it's uh, it's one of those things that you seek to do that, that you may, um, man, that you may be the vehicle that God uses to provide assurance 
Uh, to those in your care, remember that you have this ministry by the mercy of God. Shepherd the flock of God among you. Mm-hmm. Um, please, please, I beg of you. If you don't want to do that, then you're not called to be an elder. Right. Right. And there, being an elder is more than just having a title. Uh, there's actual work that goes into it. Uh, necessary work uh, to where you you are responsible to help grow the people in holiness. So if you're listening to us and you are an elder, how are you doing in that area? Challenge yourself. Ask yourself the question, am I doing everything that I can within my power as an elder at my local church? to help grow the congregation in holiness. Mm. Um, yeah. And if uh, you're a believer and you wrestle with, uh, you know, the assurance of salvation, um, you know, yes, examine yourselves, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, uh, examine yourself. Absolutely. Um, but examine yourself against the backdrop of scripture, uh, repent of sin, uh, seek accountability, mortify the sin in your life, but rest in the finished and completed work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I'll tell you what—if you're you're listening to this and 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 you're not you're truly not sure, and you truly don't know if uh, the the Lord has exchanged your heart of stone for a heart of flesh, then behold, today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you repent of your sin, where you trust in the finished, completed, propitiatory, and substitutionary work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, who, who came and lived uh, a, a, a perfect life, setting an example for us and dying in our place for, for our transgressions and for our sins. And then through uh, that Trinitarian power, um, uh, defeated death, rose again, um, and has made a way, has made a way for us to know God and to be known by God. Uh, repent of your sin. Today is the day of salvation. Um, confess Christ as Lord in your heart and be- and then believe in your heart and you will be saved, the, the Bible says. Um, so I, I just don't want to, talking about something like this, I just don't want to let another moment go by. Um, and this isn't one of those things like you need to recommit, quote unquote, uh, like, <laughs> like you find <laughs> rededicate yourself, <laughs> rededicate, your, rededicate your rededication, um, go, go to a youth group service oh gosh, and no. get emotionally stirred no. and have a campfire experience of rededication. That's what yeah. you're saying to do, right? Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, and I would say, you know, to echo my brother's point, uh, get in a Bible believing, Bible preaching, Bible praying, Bible singing church. And if you're not drive until you find one, mm-hmm. yeah. if you've got to drive 45 minutes to an hour to go to a church that faithfully exposits the word, uh, and, and truly seeks to disciple, uh, the flock of God among them, get plugged in to that body. Um, we'll, we'll drive hours for other things then we need to make sure that we're, that has to be essential. Um, church is essential. Sorry, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Amen. Well, with that, I think we're going to get out of here. We've gone on for an hour. <laughs> yeah. See ya.